Hello everybody! Welcome, welcome to the Weekly Groceries with me, your host, Catherine, as I deliver to you food for thought, food for heart, food for your soul, so that we can grow the garden of our lives together in this community. So let me know how your week has been. How are you doing? Like, how are you? I'm going to look you deeply in the eyes right now and ask you, how are you? Are you okay? Is everything all good? You can share it with us here. Let me know in the comments how you're feeling and how your week has been, because that's what I kind of want to cultivate over here on the channel is a sense of community where we are evolving together. We're growing alongside each other. You don't have to do this alone. There's this space here where we can hang out and chill together and talk about life. So before I get into all of that, and whilst you're you know, letting me know how you're feeling in the comments, I'm gonna give you your beverage of the week, which I'm afraid I've already drunk it all. I'm really sorry, I couldn't help myself, but it's this coconut water. I'm going to be a great host and pretend to pour it into a glass for you, just so you can kind of have the invisible uh, experience of it. And to imagine that I'm right here with you and we're pouring into a shot glass. No shots of alcohol here. This is not vodka, it's not gin, it's not whiskey, whatever you like to drink. This is a shot of joy that is especially for you. A shot of happiness. Cheers to life. Cheers to being alive. I really do love being alive. I think there's a lot of things to love about being alive. And so I hope that through osmosis, through the screen, we can share some of that together. So cheers to that as I drink this one drop that is just so thirst quenching. I'm not even thirsty anymore. That one drop was totally enough. There's an abundance of everything in this life if we choose to see it that way. Um, but what are you feeling grateful for this week? That's what I would like to know. It's really important that we take time to really focus on what do we actually have right now and what do we really appreciate deeply about the things that are present in our lives right now. If you can at least think of one thing that one thing can be amplified and create a knock-on effect for other things that you actually realize, hey, actually, this thing is going right in my life and also this thing is going right in my life. And then it kind of creates this domino effect, which actually brings me on to something that I would like to touch on really quickly is the domino effect of self-love. Because this week, uh, and as I always kind of explain to you in the introduction, how I've been feeling and how this relates to what we're gonna be talking about this week, I've been feeling heaviness, uh, especially yesterday. Actually, it was like particularly yesterday, there was a super full moon in Libra and I just felt this intense amplification of inner feelings that I really had not allowed myself to fully feel. And oftentimes because of the busyness of life and you know, we've got a lot of other things going on, we can fall into this unconscious mechanism of immediately suppressing our feelings. And when they're suppressed, it means that we're not acknowledging them. And when we don't acknowledge them, they can become lodged and blocked inside of us. And that really creates a more dense frequency. It lowers our vibe. It makes us feel kind of more tired than usual. We might not really feel motivated. We might not really feel energized and inspired and connected more to the loveliness of this life. And that's because we have these weights hanging deep inside of us that we're not really willing to look at. And so I see times like the full moon yesterday as a really great opportunity and window for us to look deep inside of ourselves and 
to illuminate as the moon, the full moon does, illuminate things that we really need to clear and release. And that doesn't, that doesn't just happen on the full moon. We can in fact tap into this at any point and really check in with ourselves on, am I actually okay? Like, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna look you right in the eye. Are you okay right now? And how do you actually feel deep inside of you right now? And you don't have to think, oh, I just have to be positive. I have to just say I'm fine, I'm good. Because we are getting real here. It's just you and me. It's okay. You can share it with me. You can really be honest with yourself right now and say, I am feeling X, Y, Z. I am feeling sad today. I'm feeling insecure today. I'm feeling needy today. I'm feeling worried today. I'm feeling happy today. All of it, all of it is valid. And you've got to really allow yourself to really feel that. Because... This week, and particularly yesterday, I really felt like there was a part of me that was really clinging onto seeing myself as a very confident, secure person that has it all together. And a lot of the time I can be like that, but there was a part of me that wasn't really willing to acknowledge and really deeply look at the part of me that can feel more insecure. And I really felt an amplification of that yesterday, uh, particularly uh, in my relationship. And I felt this inner sense of, wow, okay, I'm feeling this kind of purging going on of an inner sense of self-doubt, of not really feeling uh, desirable, of not really feeling good enough. And this had nothing to do with anything that my partner was doing or saying. In fact, it was very reassuring and has always been very reassuring. But that was something that I needed to take accountability for and really look at within myself. And the thing I want to speak about today is about dissolving our ego blocks, dissolving our blockages to love and to receiving goodness and to receiving abundance in our lives because we hold a particular self-image of ourselves that stops us from really being expansive. So an example of what this looked like for me yesterday, this was just yesterday and I really managed to transmute that and I'm going to explain more about how I managed to work through that and alchemize that. But yesterday I really felt this inner sense of it was like a fiery kind of jealousy within me that I've not really felt in a very long time and it was peculiar to feel that way because jealousy it's feelings like jealousy or shame or anger that we really we don't want to feel those things it's very uncomfortable for us to feel that way particularly uh, for our ego to to be experiencing that it's very it really takes a hold on us and it kind of thwarts and uh, damages our self-image in a way particularly if you're someone who feels like they have a good hold on their emotions or really wants to see themselves as someone that is more secure and is positive and has a positive frame of mind we can sometimes bypass those lower vibrational emotions like jealousy self-doubt or anger because we are trying to maintain composure of ourselves we are trying to feel more secure than we actually feel inside and when we do that, we really resist or deny that initial feeling of perhaps shame or jealousy. And so yesterday, I really felt that rise within me of not feeling good enough and of not really feeling um, like I was really deeply worthy of receiving love. And the way that I dealt with this is that I, I really had to examine where is my ego blocking me from feeling this? Because the thing about the ego is that it's a, it's a conjured self-image that we have of ourselves. It's like this little personality, this 
avatar that we unconsciously play in many areas of our life. And this personality, if you will, kind of runs a lot of our behavior. It just happens on an autopilot loop. And the main components of the ego are to survive and to keep us safe or what the ego perceives will be very safe. And oftentimes this blocks off love. This blocks off us expanding. This blocks off us discovering different aspects of ourselves that would actually be conducive to our expansion and our growth. Because for example, if I, and this was something I was working on yesterday, if I have the self image of someone that is always confident, always has it together, always feels secure, then I am not allowing myself to fully integrate feelings like jealousy. I'm not really allowing myself to integrate feelings like self-doubt. And it kind of manifested as this form of perfectionism within me. And I noticed that that was something that I really had tried to hold on to for a very long time. And it's something that I still have to remind myself to work on because it was preventing me from actually opening up more. It was preventing me from actually being vulnerable about when I did actually feel insecure and when I did feel jealous or when I did feel doubting of myself because I didn't want to show that side of me. I didn't want to uh, really expose, expose myself in a way. And that's really what the ego doesn't want. It doesn't want to feel exposed. It doesn't want to it doesn't want the self-image to be, um, sorry, I just got distracted. <laughs> it doesn't want the self-image that it holds to be um, damaged in, in a way. It doesn't want other people to challenge that. So for example, if I see myself as someone that's always confident, always has it together, I'm always secure, and is kind of trying to protect myself in that way from being vulnerable, from letting other people know if I'm feeling insecure, from letting other people know how I truly feel, then I will always be trying to, or the ego will try and live through me as always trying to protect that self-image at all costs because it wants to survive. So you've got to become very cognizant of what is the self-image within you that you hold about yourself, that you are really clinging onto for dear life, that you want it to survive. You want to stay being seen this way. So another example is you've always seen yourself as a very shy, introverted person. Your ego is gonna do everything that it can to prevent you from stepping out of that self-image and experiencing expansion beyond that. That's why growth happens as this progression that we have to break free of. We have to break free of the molds that we've created for ourselves. We have to break free of the chains, if you will, that the ego has created for us and kept us bound to this certain identity of how we always see ourselves. So the shy person, the one with the shy, self-doubting, um, more quiet self-image will resist anything that really um, challenges that identity, that elicits attention from other people, that maybe is a, a reflection that you're putting yourself out there even more. You're actually speaking your mind, you're actually putting your foot down, saying how you feel and, you know, being more loud. And so that's how the ego will block us because it's always trying to hold on to this certain image that actually makes us feel, it keeps us the same. It keeps us doing the same things over and over again. That's why people will all the time unconsciously play out these patterns until we crack it open with awareness. And the thing is about the ego is that we are not trying to destroy it. We are not trying to kill it. Kill it with fire! <laughs> We're not trying to do that at all. We're simply here to observe it and to become aware of it. 
because when we are aware of the ways in which our ego is kind of moving or trying to Im impulse create impulses within us to act in the ways that we always habitually do we get further and further from the truth of who we actually are and that's the thing is that the ego does not want to know the truth the ego is going to do everything that it can to prevent seeing the actual truth so the actual truth of the situation yesterday was there, there I was, my mind was saying these, these mean things to me and I was watching my mind as best as I could come up with these different things of I just don't feel good enough, I don't really feel like I can do this and that was actually something that was going through my mind yesterday I was like feeling this kind of mechanism come forth of trying to push away trying to push away um, my partner so as to uh, prevent feeling any pain because for example, if you reject someone first, then they can't reject you because you've already rejected them. So I had to really witness this, this whole mechanism going on inside of me, this tendency to want to pull away, this tendency to want to shut down and just not really allow myself to be vulnerable, to be open to exploring those feelings of jealousy or of insecurity even further. But as I was watching my mind, you know, there's these there's these stories that unconsciously play themselves over and over again until we crack them open and we really see them with clarity and we see past the distortions that the ego is creating for us because the way that the ego usually manifests is, is through our thoughts it's through those repetitive thought patterns that we experience uh, until we, we really see them, until we really look at them and we observe them and we see from the throne of our awareness actually, wow, is this actually true? Is this really who I am? Is this really a true direct reflection of the core essence of who I am? And when we look at it from that viewpoint, we take a step back and we move from a place of more, see, more clarity, seeing it with more clarity, then we can actually decipher, actually, this is not true. This does not resonate with me. This is not really, in fact, the truth of who I am. And when I look at those mind stories of I don't feel good enough, I can't do this, I'm not good at this, I see them, I witness them. And then from that space you can look at the voice inside of your head and dissociate yourself from it. Understand that that is not you, it's trying to live through you through these thoughts and through these unconscious behaviours, but they can no longer run and your ego can no longer run the things that you do and block love from coming in or block abundance from coming in if you are aware of the ways in which it's trying to sabotage you because the ego fundamentally it wants to survive it wants to keep you safe and also it is constantly trying to find fault with the situations it's constantly trying to find fault with who you are and that is not a true reflection of what the actual reality of the situation is generally it's like we're walking around we're looking for problems we're looking for problems with ourselves the mind is constantly thinking, oh, you know, you don't look that good today, or this is wrong with you, or you're not this, you're not this kind of person, or you're not funny enough, or you're not clever enough, you're not confident enough, or all these different things. It just manifests in a variety of different ways that prevent us from actually seeing the truth of the situation. The truth of the situation is generally that you are enough just as you are right now. Like, seriously. <laughs> this is truth. This is unarguable truth. As you are right now is exactly how you are meant to be. Period. And you are worthy just for being who you are in this moment. That's like unequivocal 
unequivocable truth. And anything beyond that is distortion. It really is distortion. Even when you're caught up in it yesterday, like I was, and I was really doing my best to witness that flare up, the amplification of those inner feelings of lack, I kept reminding myself that this is not resonant with who I actually am. All this jumble that's going on inside my mind, this doesn't have to be the truth of who I am. It doesn't. And you can choose to unsubscribe from those distortions through being present with them, being aware of them. Because otherwise the ego is going to do so much to try and keep you safe. It's going to try and do so much so that you don't experience pain or so that you don't experience um, rejection or so that you don't elicit negative attention from other people or experience feelings of abandonment. And that's why the ego is very cleverly constructed to try and keep you safe. And in fact, we can kind of see this as a good thing. It's, it's not this thing that we need to kill with fire. It's actually something that, you know, is, is trying to be on our side, but just not really doing it in a healthy way. If you can kind of try and see your ego in that way, then you will see the ways that it manifests. And it's in, it's in conflict with the pure truth of who you actually are. So another example to demonstrate what I mean is towards the end of my trip in Egypt, I got ill, I got an infection. And I noticed, I really noticed this, that I don't really like being ill. I don't think anyone really likes being ill. But when I, when I started to feel low and tired and heavy, I really noticed within myself that there was a part of me that was just a, starting to feel very, very sorry for myself and kind of getting into this whole pity party of just like, oh God, poor me, poor me, which, you know, is valid sometimes because, you know, you're ill, so you've got to cut yourself the slack. But also, I noticed that there was this tendency within me that when I, when I get ill, I feel that it gives me more leeway to garner attention from other people. And this was something that I really had to observe and be like, yo, I was, I've been doing that. And for example, I would just feel like, oh, I really want um, my partner to pay more attention to me because I feel really ill right now. Like, please take care of me, that kind of, that kind of energy. And I noticed that that's actually a form of ego coming through. It's a form of the ego wanting to feel significant because that's also another function of the ego. It's always going to try and feel an inflated sense of significance because it feels it's operating from a place of lack operating from a place of lack you are not operating from a place of lack you are already whole within yourself that's the truth of the situation that's the truth of the reality but the distortion is that the ego believes that it can garner significance or garner a more inflated sense of self or garner attention from others if it clings on to a certain identity so i noticed that i was kind of clinging on to oh, i'm ill right now like i just I really want you to take care of me or just kind of feeling sorry for myself and kind of noticing that when I'm ill, it kind of brought up this recognition of something that I used to feel when I was younger, where whenever I was ill, when I was younger, like I had a cough or a cold or something, I would notice that I kind of held on to that a lot. I would pretend to be sick more for more days than I actually was sick because my parents, would pay more attention to me when I was ill. They would 
For example, my dad never makes anyone a cup of tea ever, but when I was younger, he would always make me a cup of tea, only if I was ill. So that kind of felt like a way of gaining more love, gaining a, more, a greater sense of significance. And when your ego recognizes, wow, this thing, this shiny thing, this gives me more significance, like doing this thing or behaving this way, this gains me more significance, this gains me more validation from the world, it will operate from that space. It will kind of download that information as, right, okay, when I do this, it either keeps me safe and protects me from rejection or keeps me from being vulnerable, keeps me from being open, stops me from really showing other people who I am, or it makes me feel significant. It makes me feel uh, an inflated sense of self. It makes me feel more superior than I actually feel inside because it's operating from that place of lack. The ego is, not you, the ego is. That's how you know it's an e you're an ego is because it's usually coming from a place of inner doubt. It's coming from a place of inner lack. And I think I mentioned actually on the weekly groceries that we were also sitting in the woods talking about spiritual archeology. span There's two movements of the ego. It's kind of moving towards being and feeling an inflated sense of self, feeling superior, feeling better than other people, or it's hinging on a sense of deflation, of being self-deprecating, of putting yourself down. Both of these things, whether you're inflating your sense of self to feel superior or you're deflating your sense of self to feel inferior, none of these things are actually in alignment with the truth of who you actually are, which is this natural middle point, this natural sense of presence that you are right now. When you're being present, when you're being watchful of your ego and the ways that it's trying to kind of um, direct you into your usual behaviors, of trying to protect yourself or trying to, you know, uh, put yourself down. In that middle point, that is actually where we find the truth. This is why the ego does not like the truth. And I remember reading in The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle is that the ego cannot survive in the present moment. It actually can't. Because that's when you are being the most natural present self. And in that space, that is where you are mo most whole, when you're in that observant space, when you're being watchful. It doesn't mean we have to try and kill the ego or feel really bad about it coming up. Like for example, I could have said to myself, oh my God, it's really awful that I feel like I try and get more attention when I'm ill and kind of judged myself in that way and made myself feel even more ashamed, but that's not gonna help the situation. What helps in the situation really helps me to gain a more clarity and more awareness and see the actual truth is that, wow, it's very interesting that I feel myself clinging onto that whenever I'm ill as a form of eliciting more attention. And I just got really, I just got really honest with myself, radically honest. And that's the thing is that if you want growth, if you want to evolve, you have to be willing to be radically honest with the way that you feel and the different ways that your ego manifests. Because otherwise you're going to bypass things. And this is something that I'm still working on now is not bypassing by just being like, yeah, I feel really happy. I feel really positive. I feel really confident all the time. And just denying when certain behaviors do come up. So I just had to be radically honest with myself and say, say kind of this sentence that I, that I say to myself um, of, there is nothing that I am unwilling to see about myself. And if you adopt that kind of mentality and that attitude, of, there is nothing that I am unwilling to actually see in myself, you will begin to become so much more observant and watchful of the different ways that your ego manifests. And I promise you, this gets a lot easier over time. It's still something that I really have to work on and become cognizant of of seeing the different ways in which the ego can manifest. But generally speaking, it comes as a, a an inflation of the self. Sorry, there's a dog here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Come on, <Monty. laughs> 
yeah, generally speaking, it manifests as an inflation of the self, of I feel like I'm better than this person. Actually, a really great example of this, I know we're going on a lot of tangents, but that's just the way we rock and roll on this channel, um, is with jealousy. You could deal with jealousy in a way where you feel very, you feel very kind of frustrated, you feel very angry with yourself that you don't feel good enough. Again, operating, the ego operating from that place of inner lack. So you then feel the need to puff up your chest and be like, oh my God, oh, that other person, the person that you're jealous of, for example, that other person's kind of shit and kind of criticizing them and attacking them so as to make yourself feel superior so that you don't feel and acknowledge that inner feeling of inferiority. Or you can go to the other end of the spectrum and deflate yourself and berate yourself for thinking, oh my God, that other person has so much stuff that I don't have. They're so much prettier than me. They're so much more good looking than me. They're so much more smart than me. I'm sure that they're more feminine or more masculine than I am. And oh my God, this person is just so amazing and I'm just not. And in both of those, both of those parts of the pendulum, the pendulum that swings back and forth, <laughs> looks like I'm doing the thriller dance. <laughs> Sorry, we're getting off track. But in both parts of those uh, ways that the ego can manifest, none of those are in direct alignment with the actual truth of the situation and how to healthily deal with the situation, which is by being totally present with that feeling. So I had to be totally present with the fact that, yes, I feel this burning sense of jealousy inside of me. And I really have to acknowledge that. I have to be okay with that. It doesn't mean that I dwell on it. And it doesn't also mean that I have to identify with that and be like, oh, I'm just such a jealous person or attacking myself or feeling it being like, oh my God, you can't feel jealous. You shouldn't feel jealous. Try and play it cool. Because that was something that I found myself doing is feeling like, okay, no, I have to have everything together. I have to have everything together. I have to just be totally secure. I can never really let on how I'm actually feeling inside. And that's kind of like an armor that I realized that I had around my heart. I'm doing a lot of work lately on heart opening and actually doing this in like a way that feels a lot more real than it ever has before of really cracking past the things that I've put up uh, within my heart like these little heart walls all these little mini soldiers in there built up over time to protect me from feeling hurt or protect me from feeling afraid and that's a feeling that kind of is associated with jealousy is is a fear it's a fear of loss and it's a fear of someone else kind of leaving you someone else leaving you or just not really feeling adequate enough, not ever feeling like you amount to something valuable because you perceive that all that value is outside of you. You perceive that other people are more valuable than you are. Again, it's like that deflation and the ego thrives on comparison. It thrives on making other people feel less than you or looking up to them and being like, oh my God, they're so much better than I am. All those different forms of comparing yourself to what's out there are kind of contingent on what's going on with your ego in here. Are you inflating yourself and thus putting other people down? Or are you deflating yourself and thus putting people on a pedestal and making out that other people are so much better than you are and so much more valuable than you are? All these different things, we have to start recognizing the ways that our ego is kind of moving and doing these things. So when I was in Egypt, um, I sat on the balcony, I can't remember where my partner went, but I sat on the balcony on my own just to reflect and I was just looking up at the moon. The moon always makes me really reflective, I don't really know why, but um, I was just thinking, you know, wow, it's very interesting that I had that tendency and just, just observing it. Wow, okay, when I get ill, I kind of feel 
this, this sense of pity for myself and wanting to garner again a sense of significance. I get a sense of significance from it. And as soon as I noticed that, I just felt this kind of, ah, okay, well, you don't have to do that anymore. And that's the thing, and that's how we really dissolve these ego blocks that actually will help us get closer to the truth of who we are and come back to our neutral state of peace, of not really feeling that we need to, to do these unconscious behaviors and these weird little mechanisms to keep ourselves safe or to elicit significance, is because we are present with it. We're present with ourselves. We reassure ourselves, it's okay. It's okay to be who you are right now. You're okay right now. You don't really need anything right now except to just be present with yourself. And so as I was sitting on the balcony and I recognized that, I was like, wow, that's super interesting. So I'm really working on, and I also invite you to work on introducing a sense of actually, wow, this is fun. This is curious. It's very curious that my ego does this thing. It's very curious that I behave that way. It's very curious and interesting that I do that thing. Because when you introduce a sense of, wow, this is very interesting, instead of a, oh my God, I do this thing and it's so, so embarrassing, or I'm just really ashamed of doing this thing. And you feel kind of like you're judging yourself for it. Instead of judging your ego, which is actually another form of ego, because it's again, it's a self, a sense of self-deprecation of putting yourself down all the time. And instead you just, you observe it. You just recognize it. And you recognize it as this is a distortion. This is a distortion. This is not actually the truth of who I am. So the truth of who I am in that situation is that I'm just observing that tendency in me when I, whenever I get ill and not using that sense of, oh, I feel really sick, I feel really ill as a way to garner attention. And I just noticed that impulse within me. I noticed, wow, okay, I really feel that urge to kind of mention it or just kind of play on it. That's something that I felt like I was doing. I was playing on it, playing on this being, being ill, you know. And it really did remind me of when I was younger and I just felt like my parents paid more attention to me when I was ill as kind of like a, oh, we'll take care of you. And I just had to observe how that was kind of cropping up for me in the present day and realize, actually, I don't need to do that anymore. And that's all you really need to say is you recognize it, you observe it in yourself and you say, I don't need to do that anymore. I really don't need to do that anymore. And more examples of this and going back to the, the self-image that I feel like I was clinging onto for so long of just trying to see myself as someone that is always confident, always has it together, is always secure. I really had to see that that's kind of also, it's a form of perfectionism and it's also not really allowing me to be vulnerable. So I would notice that there was parts of me in my relationship where I was very hesitant or reluctant to share how I'm actually feeling because I didn't want to let on that I feel insecure inside and sometimes you know sometimes it's better to to keep your mouth closed and not really share if it's not really if it doesn't really feel resonant it doesn't really feel right at the time if it won't be fruitful to actually share but um i found that it was really blocking off intimacy for me to not really be sharing how i was feeling because i had i had in my mind that oh i just have to i have to stay i have to stay like i've got everything together i have to stay like, and, and kind of project this image that I'm all good, I'm all fine. And that's the thing about the ego is it's always going to try and project, excuse me, project a certain image that it wants other people to see. And oftentimes, you know, this is kind of hard to notice. It's hard to, it's hard to become aware of because we, we don't 
really recognize the ways in which it comes to fruition in our lives. Another example could be um, telling yourself that you're really good at saving money and that you're, you're just such a money saver. Like that's your identity. You're someone that's really good at saving money. You kind of cut corners to make things more cheap. If you stay stuck in that self image and you refuse to break free from that mold, then you're always going to, for example, find that this manifests in your behaviors as always going for the cheapest thing, only buying things when they're on offer, only buying things that are on sale and being very uh, kind of tight, having a very tight grip on your money because you perhaps feel like there is not going to be enough to expend and invest on something that's actually more expensive, but might actually be higher quality and last longer in the long run. So if you stay stuck and hold on to that identity of, oh, I'm just, I just save my money all the time. I'm just really good at saving money. And you, you keep trying to find ways to make things more cheap, which is something that I've also become aware of in myself. I really had to start breaking free from that mold and start allowing myself to feel more abundant. So instead of operating from that place of inner lack of, oh my God, I don't really feel like there's enough money right now. I have to save my money. I have to uh, be very um, discerning about what I'm buying. It must be cheap. It must be on offer, for example. I had to really allow myself to let go of that feeling of lack and understand that actually I'm going from more of a place of abundance. If I invest in the more high quality, expensive item that I know is gonna last longer, and just allow myself to indulge in that. And that conflicts with your self-image. It conflicted with my self-image. It was in direct conflict with what my, my little ego wanted for me. But if I stay stuck there in that little bubble, then I'd still be operating from a place of lack. I wouldn't really be allowing myself to see that there's more than enough. I can spend my money on this. I can invest in this. It's okay, it's all good. Money's gonna be keep on flowing in. And so that was blocking me from actually feeling more abundant because I had that self-image and in that sense you know if we refer to what the function of the ego is there it's trying to keep me safe it's trying to make me feel like um, again like I've got everything together that the money that I have you know is is fine but again it was preventing me from really expanding into a, a more greater container of allowing myself to experience a feeling of feeling more wealthy a feeling of, yeah, I can spend my money on this. But it was the ego trying to survive. It was the ego trying to make sure that I don't experience a sense of um, loss in a way. Because for, for example, you might perceive that spending money on more expensive things is a form of loss because you don't believe that there's enough. And that will re reinforce and re-emphasize that feeling of there's not enough. So then you might feel like you need to save your money all the time and hold on to your money all the time. So you see, if we don't introduce awareness into these mechanisms and the ways that the ego manifests, we will never really break free from this very limiting self-image. Again, it's like the, what I said earlier about the shy person. The shy person that doesn't really say how they feel and doesn't really speak their mind and never really says anything. If you don't introduce awareness into the ways that that's limiting you, you will never really be able to integrate the full expression of who you are. You will never be able to integrate the full totality of the truth of who you are, which is someone that can be shy, sure, but can also be loud and expressive. You know, all these different aspects. Again, if we go to the example of someone who sees himself as, you know, I'm, a, I'm very good at saving money, I'm a money saver, I'm really cheap. You will never be able to fully integrate the totality of who you are, the truth of who you actually are, 
which is someone that is also able to be more lavish, to indulge, to take pleasure in buying things, to take pleasure in spending on yourself. So if we really see this in a more holistic way, your ego is actually teaching you how to uh, expand yourself. It's actually teaching you how to create a more uh, full and whole sense of yourself. Not one that is denying yourself or deflating yourself, or someone that is trying to inflate themselves and seem more superior, but someone that is um, just a more whole, a more whole expanded version of themselves. So these are, these are the insights that I've been receiving. And yesterday, I just really felt it. I felt super heavy. I felt super, super heavy. And there was a lot of feelings of inner shame, inner shame coming up. A shame that I felt that way because I, re I recognized lately that I hadn't really allowed myself to feel the feeling of shame because I thought that I had overcome that. I thought that I had really worked on that. And my self-image of trying to see myself as I've got it all together, I'm, I'm confident, I'm secure, was really not allowing me to really feel into that feeling of shame. And if, if I didn't feel it, I'd be suppressing it. I'd be just allowing that to stay lodged within me. But I had to recognize it and understand and reassure to myself, like, it's okay to feel this way. It's okay to feel insecure. It's okay to feel jealous. And just being that loving presence that I really needed to say, it's okay to feel this way. It's not your fault that you feel this way. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you for feeling this way. It's simply something that you're experiencing right now. It's simply energy. And that's where we can really become the alchemists in our lives. And that's how I really managed to transmute what happened yesterday to the point where I woke up today feeling really light. I felt very light and free because I was willing to acknowledge that feeling and surrender it and, and see the difference between the distortion that my ego was fixated on and what is the actual truth the distortion was the feelings of inadequacy and believing that okay maybe maybe i'm not enough maybe i'm not enough to be loved maybe i'm not lovable and to see past those those distortions and come back to okay dude for real you're a spiritual being what is the truth of the situation what is the godliness here what is the divinity here the divinity here is actually that I, I am lovable just as I am. You are lovable just as you are. You are worthy of good things simply for existing. And that this emotion of shame, of self-doubt, of insecurity, does not have a true direct reflection on the core of who you actually are. They are just feelings. They are just feelings that manifest as thought patterns in our mind or certain behaviors. But ultimately, the truth of who we actually are is the pure natural self that's just going about enjoying life and feeling connected to that love. So eventually I, I felt like once I felt all of that and I had a really good cry, a very deep cry of just, ah, and witnessing all these different uh, patterns that were coming up for me, these thought patterns coming up, uh, which by the way, gets so much easier with meditation and you can find on YouTube my easy daily guided meditation. Um, that will really help you to understand the kind of process that I go through to observe my mind more. But I was really feeling that. I was watching these thoughts, laid on the sofa, just watching these thoughts arise and just seeing, you know, the mind can be very mean. 
super mean. You can say all these nasty things, but it doesn't mean that you have to be hooked on believing that everything it says is true, because that's, like, totally false. <laughs> the mind conjures a lot of things, it says a lot of things, it's going to tell you a lot of mean things about yourself. It does not mean that any of it is true. It's simply the voice nattering. And when you watch these things with more awareness, with more curiosity, being interested in, wow, okay, what is this? How is this manifesting in my mind right now? How is this manifesting in my body? I felt this kind of pain, this pain in my heart, this pain in my chest, like a heaviness, a density, a fire in my heart. But as soon as I allow myself to feel these things, and really said to myself, it's okay to feel this way. Like you are totally allowed to just immerse yourself in this feeling right now. That's when I really felt like, okay, I'm letting this go piece by piece. And I woke up the next day just feeling lighter, just feeling like, wow, I really managed to transmute something. And eventually I realized that I'm actually very grateful for that experience. I'm grateful for that pain. I'm grateful for that trigger because that was teaching me to realize what is the actual truth. Any distortion of how you see yourself or how you are perceiving a situation, it is actually helping you. It is actually conducive to your growth because it's teaching you to conjure and come back to and remember what is the actual truth of this situation if you see yourself as being unlovable or inadequate in this situation or just seeing yourself as not really being good enough it's a contrast to remind you actually come back home come back to who you actually are come back to the purity of the situation the purity and the truth of who, of who you are is actually someone that is lovable someone that's good enough just as they are and we sometimes have to be reminded of these uh, distortions so that we can remember to see past them and see the clarity and find the clarity within them. So I ended up feeling actually very grateful that I'd managed to transmute that by being self-soothing, by being willing to validate how I was feeling, by processing it and to just totally, totally see the, the higher lesson in it. The higher lesson is that, oh, that was teaching me how to transmute jealousy it was teaching me how to see past that distortion that actually you know I am desirable I am lovable I am good enough and really fully feeling that inside of myself allowing myself to feel that way allowing myself to remember that truth and so yeah I felt very thankful afterwards that I had transmuted that and let that go and that I can actually see the higher lesson it was teaching me how to be more self-validating. It was teaching me how to uh, recognize the beauty inside of myself and not just see it as something that exists out there. But um, it was also uh, allowing me to share these insights and become more vulnerable uh, in my videos as something that I can share with you and something that I'm also going to be talking a lot more about and sharing in the virtual women's circle that I am holding at the end of this month, 30th of April, 6 p.m. UK time. You can find tickets um, in the description box below. But this is for all the ladies. We're going to be doing a goddess circle. It's called the Garden of Illumination, where we're gonna be talking so much more about overcoming feelings of insecurity, self-doubt and jealousy, and how to stop blocking out love, basically. Um, so if that interests you, it's donation basis. So whatever you, feel like paying and contributing you can go right ahead and buy tickets in the description box but I think I'm actually gonna wrap up today's weekly groceries I have to go home and make some dinner for me and my sister but I I just want to remind you 
that every single thing that you are triggered by, everything that causes that thorn of pain to re-emerge within you, is actually, it's teaching you. It's teaching you how to be more loving. It's teaching you how to be more kind to yourself. It's teaching you how to actually see past the distortions that your mind is perhaps saying to you. And it is through your commitment to seeking the lesson, it is through your commitment to seeking how can I become more conscious in this situation, how can I become more cognizant of the ways that I'm talking to myself or the things that my mind is saying to me or the ways that my behavior is manifesting. It is through your commitment and willingness to awareness that will actually help you come closer to divinity, the godliness that's inside of you. And the thing is that awareness is available to you at all times. Sure, in the beginning it might feel hard to be aware and to be conscious of the different ways that your, your ego is manifesting, of inflating yourself or deflating yourself. But this gets a lot easier over time. I've noticed over this past year that I'm becoming so much more rapidly able to just catch myself and be like, wow, I was doing that thing. I was doing that thing where I kind of wanted to come across in this certain way. Another really great example of this, by the way, is the people-pleasing mentality or the, the way that the people-pleasing people ego kind of comes through as a way of trying to elicit significance by being nice to people all the time. Um, and to not only elicit significance by getting other people to like you because you're being so nice to them, you're being so friendly, you're being so lovely, but also to avoid tension, to avoid negative attention. And I remember also reading in one of Eckhart Tolle's um, books that we, the shy person doesn't, doesn't just downplay themselves or try to avoid attention for the sake of like being humble or being quiet or whatever. It can also be a crippling sense of I don't want any attention from anyone and I'm going to be sh really shy and introverted and not talk to anyone because I'm afraid of receiving any kind of attention. So sometimes the ego might come forth to try and elicit positive attention from other people and be like, hey, look at me, I'm so good at all these things. Oh my God, look at me and kind of try and inflate from a sense of pride um, to elicit that positive sense of attention from other people, that external validation from people. Or it might also really try and deny and fight off attention in the form of negative attention to avoid feeling rejected. Like if I actually show people who I really am, if I actually speak my mind, then people might not like me and they might reject me. So I'm just gonna be shy. That's the kind of self image identity that a shy person will gridlock onto as the way, a way of the ego trying to keep safe and to protect. We always see that the ego is trying to protect us. It's trying to keep us safe. It doesn't want to feel hurt. It doesn't want to feel rejected. It just wants to feel good. It wants to feel this sense of significance in the world. Um, I completely forgot what I was talking about. Oh yeah, people pleasing. Um, when, you're, when you're operating from that mode, it's, you're trying to, your ego is trying to cast out an image to everyone that you are nice. And obviously this kind of happens on a very subtle level. We can be very unconscious of the ways that we, we do this. And it stops us from being authentic. It stops us from actually being true to ourselves and just, you know, being our plain, natural selves. Instead, we feel like we have to do things for other people all the time or just always put on this really friendly face to everyone and be nice 100% of the time. And in doing so, we're clinging to a sense of identity that is 
trying to garner a sense of significance from other people. We're trying to get them to like us. We're trying to feel more secure in that way. It's a kind of armor and mechanism that we, we put on and we protect ourselves by to avoid feeling rejection for who we actually are. To avoid feeling the rejection of, oh, what if I'm actually just gonna be my plain, normal, unassuming and natural self here and people don't actually like it. So we feel like, oh my God, no, I have to be nice all the time. I have to not step on anyone else's toes so that I can avoid feeling pain. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just something that we have to become aware of as it arises in the moment. It's not something to berate yourself for. I still find myself sometimes slipping into that people-pleasing role and I have to catch myself. I just have to catch myself. Oh, wait, hang on. I don't actually have to do that anymore. And just catching and recognizing you don't have to do that anymore. When you create that gap of distance through your awareness, you become more observant of, oh, I was going to go there. I was going to do that thing I always do. But actually, I'm like looking at it now. and I'm like, no, this doesn't resonate anymore. This is a distortion. This is a distortion of who I actually am. And this isn't really me being real. This isn't really me being authentic. That's where the purity of who you actually are can shine through. That's where your authentic and natural self can actually come through is when we are just willing to look at and be honest with ourselves about the different ways in which we are trying to be something that we're not. Wow, that was kind of powerful. I'm gonna say that again. It's kind of trying to be something that we are not. That's when you know that ego is at play. We're trying to be something that we are not. And it's, it's sometimes hard to recognize when we're doing that because the ego is running unconsciously. It's running unconsciously, so we might need someone else to point out, actually you're doing that thing or you're behaving that way that is like not actually in alignment with who you actually are. And it might be clear to them, but to us it's like, huh, hang on, I didn't know I was doing this thing. <laughs> I didn't know I was unconsciously playing out this pattern. But it will manifest as trying to be something that you're not. Like trying to throw in that conversation, oh, look at me, look what I did. And trying to inflate yourself in that way because you feel this sense of inner lacking. Folks. I just lost my train of thought completely and started staring off into the distance of the forest. So I've had to edit the weekly groceries, oh my God. <sighs> this is something that I try to avoid doing at all costs, but it's okay. We're all okay here. I'm gonna wrap it up here actually, cause I need to go home and cook my dinner. Um, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your presence with me today. Let me know what your biggest takeaways were and what you learned from today's episode. Otherwise, thank you so much for watching and I will see you in my next video. Bye.